Um, okay, let's start her now. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, your parents watched us with Keen Beatty and Brad Semituck. My name's Keen Beatty, and and, who and I'm are Brad Semituck. <laughs> I'm Brad. Who the hell Semituck. are you? I'm Brad Semituck, and I'm here. Uh, brought to you by the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network to tell you about why the movie War Games changed your father. <laughs> yeah, my dad specifically. This was like a <laughs> fucking favorite movie of his growing up. Uh, was it? Oh, well, yeah, my dad's like a big computer nerd. I mean, that's disrespectful. Computer enthusiast. I didn't mean to use hate speech so soon into the episode, but it's, uh, yeah, you yeah, know, this was like one of the- lost every listener. <laughs> this was like one of the first um, movies that like was just about computer shit, but like wasn't, you know, a totally sci-fi driving through space movie. It was just about like a guy who had a computer. And yeah. uh, I think that when you're a young man who has a computer, that, that does something for you. That affects you in certain ways. When you're yeah. a young man with way too square of glasses, just living in the 80s with your computer. Oh, yeah. This was my dad's Black Panther back in the day. How uh, come everyone who was on the computer in the 80s had square glasses? Uh, because at, at that time in the 80s, uh, computer screens were also square. If you notice now, glasses are rectangular as are computer screens and TVs. <laughs> That's not a coincidence. <laughs> oh yeah it has to match up or else uh, it's sort of like fitting the shape in the slot like the light won't go through your glasses all right so yeah we're wa- this week we're watching war games it came out in 1983 it was uh, directed by a, ba- uh, a man named john badham which i'm sure i'm not <laughs> pronouncing that last name right but like when it's phonetically uh, sounded out to be bad ham it's like good luck getting anybody to pronounce that shit right it's um, honestly a miracle that he got a movie made with the last yes. name bad ham yeah i wouldn't trust i wouldn't trust him to make hamburgers with a, with a name like bad ham uh let who do you alone, think came uh, to hollywood first john ham or john bad ham you got to assume john ham came to hollywood first <laughs> and then i don't know maybe he uh was fucking around with the space-time continuum and then all of a sudden john bad ham came into hollywood <laughs> John Hamm walked into a closet at a Playboy Mansion party and then some electricity happened and now we have two John Hams. Yep, John Hamm, John Badham. John Hamm, you know him from Mad Men. Uh John Badham, weirdly, you know him from Chill Guys. Uh, it's the exact opposite TV show. <laughs> Um, yeah, this movie stars uh, Matthew Broderick as David and Ali Sheedy as Jennifer. Uh, I didn't recognize Ali Sheedy when I first saw this movie. Uh, she also plays the basket case from um, um, fucking uh, The Breakfast Club. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've literally never recognized any actor in a movie. So I relate to how you feel about that. <laughs> Yeah, she just looked a little familiar, but yeah, it was cool to see her uh, uh, playing an approachable person uh, this time around. And uh, yeah, this movie's about, uh, it's mostly just about Matthew Broderick, who plays a gifted teenage slacker who accidentally uh, hacks into NORAD while trying to steal video games online and unknowingly starts a World War III simulation. Uh, Now, Bradley, will he be able to Hmm. stop the simulation before war breaks out? Well, I'll tell you at the end of this fucking podcast. Well, only a game of tic-tac-toe can confirm that. Yep, but that, yep, we'll see. Will it? (laughs) Or did we all get nuked? Only one way to find out. Uh, 
Yeah, this movie's insane from start to finish. It dude. really is insane from start to finish, especially because like the first scene of this movie was just showing me a new dream job that I didn't know I had. Yeah, the first scene of this movie is two guys walking into a nondescript building wearing matching work uniforms, but also matching jackets, which raises a lot of questions about... And also uh, matching pistols. Where the uniform stops. <laughs> yeah, they, they where were... the uniform stops and where their friendship begins. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. what were you going to say? But they didn't bring matching pistols to the building. They got into the building, like past all the security checkpoints, and then they got their pistols, which raises a question to me of like, uh, why do you need a gun after you're already inside the locked and secure building? It's a work gun, Brad. Wouldn't you need a gun for when you're like, uh, you know, in danger? What do you, you just think he's in danger walking around going to work? I think you're in more danger when you're not at work than when you are at work. What kind of workplaces are you in? I don't know, but if you think you're safe when you're at work, then I know the exact right place to rob you. You're uh, like halfway through clocking into your job and then you just duck on instinct because someone's shooting at you? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, it's, it's really was my dream job. Like it's like you were saying, it's two dudes, matching jackets, pistols. They're just hanging out underground together, vibing all night long. Yeah, I mean, they have to get scanned into the building, but the scanner is just like a guy behind one. And he's like, glass. oh, yeah, I recognize you from yesterday when you came to work. Um, I would really like it if my job was the guy behind the glass. You're right. That would be, I think, yeah, I mean, I respect uh, your career path, but I would really like to be the guy in front of the glass who's sitting down <laughs> somewhere else. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Did you notice the sign on the wall that said uh, not to pee on the floor? No. Yeah, there was a sign, and it was like, "Hey, seriously, nobody piss here." And it's like, "Why? <laughs> this is the army. Do you really have to like tell people to not pee all over the place inside? Like, how chill of a job <laughs> is this?" I think that's why. I, that's how I knew that I wanted to work there, man. Like, my boss is always just like, "Count the money right. Make sure you produce the right amount of beer." I would like it if my boss was just like, "Hey." please don't piss on the floor. Like that's a way lower <laughs> stress environment. I know that I can probably do that job, make that guy happy. Man, I replaced all the carpet in my house with 30,000 of those signs taped together. Don't be here. Don't be here. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just like one little patch around your toilet where there's no signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can miss the toilet if you want, but only by a tiny bit. Only by a reasonable amount. <laughs> only by an amount that I believe could be an accident. Uh, <laughs> that's how it should work, man. That's my home. That's my rules. If you miss the toilet by more than I say you can miss the toilet by, you're fucking out of here. That, that's reasonable, man. But then those guys get like a, they get an order for a nuclear order or to like to launch off all the nukes. And then uh, they choked. They couldn't do it. Which, like, I get that, you know? Me too. I probably would choke too. Because you know what? They hung out to, uh, they signed up to hang out in the cave and chill with their friends all day. Not to kill 20 million Russians. <laughs> yeah, man. And, like, uh, I don't know. But, like, don't you think that that job is, like, killing 20 million Russians, though? If you're, like, if your job was at a missile silo, wouldn't you be like, I'm probably going to have to launch a missile at some point? No, I think no. that my boss would, would think I would in do denial. That. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you, there's certain aspects of your job that you just don't do. 
like when I was a waiter at Red Robin, they would always try and get me to like sign people up for the, the awards program. But I just wouldn't. I wouldn't do that part of my job. And they'd be like, we will fire you if you don't do this. And I'm like, do it. And they never did. So I don't see how this job would be any different. I'll do every aspect of my job that isn't certain ones I don't feel like doing. And watching uh, off nukes is one of them, unfortunately. unfortunately There's certain aspects of your job that you just don't do. And for yeah. me, that's the main aspect of it. For yeah, me, that's a, the description of the job. I'll do all the other stuff. I'll do it really good. You should get uh, a grill job and be like, yeah, but I only cook the shit I want to make. <laughs> yeah, but only chef specials. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different burgers with no rhyme or reason to them. It's <laughs> <laughs> like lamb and tater tots. Yeah. No sauce. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so after they fuck up and they don't launch the nuke because of being pussies, they're, it cuts to their boss being like, this is why we need to get a computer to launch all these nukes, because otherwise some guys might not, not launch the nukes, and then the president will be sad. And it's like, why doesn't the president just launch the fucking nukes then, dude? Yeah, why exactly. Why does it have to be like some guy? Yeah, get the man on top to do it. I'm uncomfortable yeah, get- with the fact that it's some guy doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a guy who's like hung over and he falls asleep on the computer keyboard. And next thing you know, we're in a war with Angolia. No, that's not what I want. I want the president. I think you nailed it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want the president to pull a candle on his desk. I want a picture on his wall to flip upside down and it turns into a computer screen. And then I want him to personally decide which countries he decides to nuke. I don't want there to be yeah. any checks or balances. The reason that guy is in charge <laughs> is because the reason he got elected is because I trust him to uh, indiscriminately blow up whatever. Uh, well, that's what we elect the president for, dude. Exactly. But hey, you know what's crazy is that um, the current nuclear system is still uh, that. It's still the silo. So it's still like you call a guy on a landline. You still call a guy and then they call you back and they give you a code and you crack all that shit open. And then they still use like literally those same exact computers from the 80s to, uh, you know, choose where we're going to nuke. Why? Because they haven't been able to uh, reset them because they can't take the nuclear defense system offline uh, to switch shit out and like I guess there's just too much of a hazard of them changing something and then having that not work so instead of that they just have everything the same as when it was implemented in the so late instead 70s of trying anything we just have all the nukes on dial up still yeah now you're getting it <laughs> instead of trying do you think that <laughs> do you think that when world war three does happen that they won't be able to find a connection yeah I bet that like, Ru- what the Russians are gonna nukes- what yeah, the Russians nukes, nukes are on fucking 5G and then they launch theirs and ours are taking like 30 minutes to warm up and find a signal. And yeah, that you can vaporized. hear like the dial up modem like <laughs> just get the earth starts cloud. dialing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. We really got to get our uh, defense system up up on, uh, you know, Google Fiber. But yeah, and then we meet uh, after that, we meet Matthew Broderick, who is um uh getting the high score in an arcade uh he's late for class but i also just like the way that he like tried to slink into class like it was you ever i'm sure you remember like trying to get into class without like the teacher noticing or trying to sit down before the teacher noticed you were gone 
No, the trick is you just walk in and like not act embarrassed. Yeah, that's they exactly only, the trick. People only tell you that you're an idiot because you look embarrassed. Like if you act like you're not an idiot, then no one will ever think you're stupid. And that was how Matthew Broderick got caught. He didn't do uh, what my, <laughs> uh, our friend Sean, when we were in high school together, uh, Sean would always, he was like notorious for showing up late all the time. And he would show up like 20 minutes into math class. And uh, he would do what we were saying, where you would just like act confident and walk in the room, but he would show up with like such a disrespectful amount of confidence where he would be like, <laughs> like you'd have his sunglasses on still, he'd be jingling his keys. He's got a bag of McDonald's and a coffee, just sits down and Matt. Yeah, that's Matthew Broderick needed a bit of that energy. Matthew Broderick showed up to school late, disrespected his teacher, got an F. <laughs> um, and then he goes home. Then he heads home. He gets he fucking uh, gets a ride home on his girlfriend's motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, which I well, love. He, that's very. He 80s. got kicked out because he uh, owned the teacher's wife. Well, he owned the teacher for saying that his wife doesn't want to fuck him. A yeah, double yeah, loan, was, if you will. I thought that was pretty good. You know, I thought that, that reminded me of me. That also reminded me of a young me. <sighs> but not like what I would really do. Just like what I would think later. Once I got home, no, I got kicked out. I, 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 I do shit like that. In I had this one social studies teacher who was just funny for me to disrespect, and so I would <laughs> do shit like that a lot. <laughs> I had uh, this one. The only time I got kicked out, or like one of the only times, was we had this student teacher in grade nine who, like, I was trying to convince who I had done my homework, but I hadn't, and he was like really, he really knew very well that I hadn't and then I just like wouldn't back down I just kept doubling down and then I eventually started explaining it to him like super slowly like the way you do when you're disrespecting someone's intelligence and then he was like you need to just get the fuck out of here and I had to go to the office and have a meeting that's awesome I remember the I think the last time I got kicked out of a class that same social teacher who I didn't respect somebody else was not respecting him and uh, he was getting up in their face and was like, can I teach the class? Um, am I able to, do you mind if I go back and start teaching? And then I was like, if you think you can handle it. And then uh, <laughs> he didn't like that. Um, That's a pretty good one, dude. I would have uh, thought that was tight. <laughs> I felt pretty tight. Uh, I felt tight enough to remember that for five years. Yep. Um <laughs> The feeling you got after saying that is literally why we still do a podcast. That's the reason I started stand-up. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I feel like if my teacher called me out for failing like the the test like that in front of everybody, like the whole class, I feel like the class would have just been on my side by then. Me too. I feel like dynamics changed. Like I think teachers can't really bully you anymore because everyone knows that the teacher's bald now. Did you ever have a teacher who tried to shame you like that? No, I never did because the teacher, I think the teacher just knew they would have got dunked on. Like no one liked the teacher by then. That's true. I had one teacher who, she didn't try and shame me so much like that, but like uh, her name was Miss Lee and she was like my, I think like 11th grade math teacher and she was awful. I hated her. Everyone hated her. And I failed a test really hard. I got like a 2%, not like a two out of something, but like a straight <laughs> two percent I got and um 
she she called me like she called me up to her desk and was like yelling at me in front of not yelling but like talking to me in front of everybody and that was kind of embarrassing but whatever and then I found out like uh when I got home my mom was like your teacher called me and I was like oh did she tell you about the test and she was like no she called to ask if you had a learning disability Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe you should go to that doctor you were telling me about that yeah 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 (laughs) Get a run through. Tell him how I am. See what he thinks. Uh, yeah. So after school, uh, the girl who also got made fun of for uh, failing the test picks him up on her motorbike, which is cool as hell. That's what I need. If there's oh, any. Fuck, I haven't been recording. You haven't been recording? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I really wanted to say about uh, the motorcycle girl was. Uh, first, how '80s it is for you guys or for uh, uh, minors to be riding motorcycles with no helmets, and then also just to say that I really respect Matthew Broderick's move of uh, dating a girl with a car. That's something I love to do uh, because I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good move. It's a uh, that really shows that he is the perfect boy. It, know, yes, because the it's hard for. Boy. Hard for a guy with no car to get a girl with a car to uh, go out with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so he gets on the back of her motorbike, uh, which is progressive. That taught her parents that girls are allowed to rock if they want. It, only right? if they want. They don't have to. <laughs> uh, but what's weird about that is, like, a, I was confused about if that was their first time hanging out because, like, they were so unawkward around each other. It's a really weird dynamic that they don't really get into because it seems like she had never been at his house before. Uh, but she was just like completely at home. Yeah. Like, very, that's it, so weird to me. Every time I go to weird. someone's house, I don't leave the entryway until they tell me that it's weird that I haven't yet. Yeah. I'm like, is it cool if I step on the floor? Do you, do you, <laughs> don't, you don't mind if I like close the door to the bathroom or something? That's cool. Sometimes people... Sometimes people are like, yeah, just come in. And I'm, I don't ever. <laughs> Some of those people will are be like, sure? just come in and I'll still knock. And they'll be like, did you not read what I told you? <laughs> yeah, I wanted you to be mad at me. Um. <laughs> yeah, so they get to his house and uh, he logs on to his computer. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, hacking our grades. Hacking into uh, the school's mainframe. And then he... <laughs> Which is every child's dream, right? Like, oh yeah, every big kid, time. Every kid who gets their first bad mark in school is like, oh, I should just hack into it. Uh, I remember be that easy. being my my first thought. Failing something in junior high, I'm like, oh, simple. I'll just hack into the mainframe. And then I was yeah. like, oh, I bet it'll just be. It's probably way easier to just learn grade seven math <laughs> yeah. actually well, to figure out how like, to hack this <laughs> every kid who says that doesn't realize that if they can't do math they definitely can't computer code yeah seriously if you're failing biology <laughs> i don't know how the fuck you expect to hack into anything <laughs> yeah, never having considered hacking before in your life you're gonna like you haven't read the textbook for your class but you're gonna buy a computer coding book i don't think so yeah, well, he does it effortlessly and perfectly, uh, which I, I love just uh, movie hacking before. It was like so much uh, easier before people actually understood what computers were able to do. Yeah. People were just like, yeah, let me guess this password and we're in. 
Yeah, um, I guess, hey, hacking was probably way easier back then, too, because everyone's password was like one, two, three, four. Yeah, it was always just like their dead son's name, which we'll get to <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So maybe it would have been easy to hack into school back in the 80s. Maybe all our parents did do that. Probably be easy to hack into school now. I mean, McEwen just got defrauded for millions of dollars a year ago. Imagine the damage <laughs> we could do to our local Catholic high schools. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, but then I remember back in my high school days when I would get a 42 on a test and uh, do nothing about it. Well, with your 42 and my two, that's almost a pass. So I think we could do it together. <laughs> that's still not a pass. God damn, dude. We well, we're closer than different. individually. Okay. Um. So then it cuts to a scene of the parents having dinner and uh, the dad is eating raw corn. Yeah, the dad <laughs> eating raw take, corn. The he boy takes skinned. a bite into this corn on the cob and he's like, "What? why does this taste different? And the <laughs> wife is like, oh, it's raw. There's way more vitamins in it. Yeah, that really reminds me of uh, Charles's diet. <laughs> Your roommate? Yeah, yeah, my roommate. He's, uh, he's big on nutrients at any cost. And so, like, <laughs> a lot of us think about how uh, there's nutrients in all food, but some people they think about how th- that's wrong. No, it's all nutrients, and it's like, it, like it's a little bit terrifying. Like every morning, like he's uh, he's been big on like ordering organ meats from farms. So like every morning, I'll come downstairs, and there's just like like today there was like several <laughs> lamb tongues thawing in the sink. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't think I could live in a house like that, dude. It's so funny. It's hilarious. If, I, if my roommate started doing that, I would have to buy him a shed, I think. <laughs> oh, man. But it's just insane eat, uh, seeing a dude like eat tongues and kidneys and be like, but I feel incredible. And then it, like our house just smells like a legit fucking like a butcher shop all the rest of the day. Um, yeah, that's... That's crazy because it's like I know if I started eating like that, I would also feel better. But like changing my eating to that would make me feel so bad that it wouldn't even be worth it. Yes. And that's exactly how (laughs) I feel. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's in excellent shape and he seems very healthy. You know, he's doing great with that diet, but it looks kind of yucky, quite frankly. It's like, yeah, I don't have to touch a tongue with my tongue. That's the thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the offer, but I'll pass on that. <laughs> I don't even use tongue when I kiss. I'm not eating a tongue, bro. <laughs> I just won't do it. <laughs> At that point, who's tasting what? You know, I can't be thinking about <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be eating and wondering if the bison also tastes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough on my mind right now. Thank you. (laughs) I've had a long week and I'd like to just eat food that uh, requires no thought. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just trying to zone out and eat a chicken breast, bro. I don't want (laughs) to. I'm not trying to cut tongue parts off. Um, Do you think if you cut off like the part of the tongue that tastes with the sour taste buds, it would like remove the sourness of the dish one can only assume but you know what i hate about tongue is that once you cut all the outside of the tongue off it doesn't even look like tongue anymore (laughs) 
<laughs> what does it look like? Just a just piece meat? of meat. Just a long piece of meat. A long tongue-shaped piece of meat. <laughs> like Is tongue, like, is that just like a steak? Like I'm, steak of the mouth? I mean, tongue is just muscle. So, like, when you cut all, the, like, the outside, you know, tongue shit off, it it just looks like <laughs> another chunk of meat, you know? So, I mean... We're definitely like the weird hypocrites who are down to eat different meats, but not tongues. But, you know, fuck. Yeah, I mean, like, what do you think is in the hot dogs that we're eating? Like, if that's not tongue, I don't know what is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now now that I think of it, the outside of a tongue is also the exact color of a hot dog. So, (laughs) yeah, we probably do eat tongue, actually. Yeah, I'm going to let's end this riff. I don't want to think about how much tongue. unconsciously consumed through my life uh i'm no oaring us back into the that's so funny every human (laughs) unconsciously eats seven spiders and 40 tongues in their life (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i'm more comfortable with the spider part of that statistic (laughs) quite frankly i think i'd have an easier time eating bugs than like if someone wanted me to eat the weird parts of animals yeah, I could live off crickets way easier than I could live off kidneys. It's only a matter of time before we as a society all switch over to crickets anyway. Uh, so you I don't know, know why we're it. not all eating crickets, dude. It seems way easier to farm than cows. I mean, it is. It's just because we still have cows. We're only doing crickets once we should have stopped doing cows like 10 years ago. But shouldn't we have stopped doing cows like 30 years ago by now? I guess we'll see in 10 years, you know. <laughs> i love the way the world works dude it's so so goddamn logical yeah man i really hate uh realizing that like my thought process of doing math homework and putting it off to like it was due a couple days ago is like the same way that people run the government yeah that's what everyone is doing about global warming dude that's not a reassuring thought and How like did my no teacher one... have the audacity to tell me I don't have study habits when I have the same as all the governments? Yeah, you don't do it, and you ask for an extension. That is the government <laughs> to a T. Yeah, I do <laughs> nothing to and me... lie about what I did. Yeah, you're the only one who actually knew how the world worked, it turned out. <laughs> it turned out I was just getting ahead, dude. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah so, well, like... While Matthew Broderick's at dinner, he ends up reading uh, a magazine that's, you know, like all about some future video games that are coming out. And so instead of just like waiting for those video games to come out, he's like, I got to hack into Nintendo. And uh, <laughs> but it's not Nintendo. It's another in-universe game developer. And uh, yeah, Which, ProtoVision is the name of it. But yeah, and then he just, he just starts like hacking into it and like, you know, gets like a brute force operation going in to just like try every possible phone number to try and to like dial up into their system or whatever. And then he yeah, just like, like lets it run and goes to school the next day. <laughs> yeah, you're not hacking. You're trying every possible word. That's a kind of hacking. Slot. I don't know if that's what hacking is, dude. I'm Cold. pretty sure hacking is like you have to like, you go like into the... You know, you're like, use your computer to go into the website. There's two ways to hack things. And that's one of them where you're just like smart and you're looking for uh, like a flaw in a website security or something. Uh, And then there's another way where if you have a super powerful computer, you can just tell it to brute force, which basically just means try every single password. 
Um, yeah. And then eventually I mean, that would make sense to me, but it doesn't seem like hacking. Like, I don't even understand the concept of how a computer goes into a different computer. Like, that's nuts to me. That's how I know that I could never have hacked my grades up. Yeah, that shit is pretty... I mean, I get that now with Wi-Fi, but, like, they're trying to do that all on a dial-up system in the or in this movie, and, like, it seems made up, but I just don't know enough about internet via the phone to call yeah, them out know, on like, it. But, you know, thank God that none of that matters anymore. Thank fucking Christ we don't <laughs> have to figure that shit out. I don't even think it... Like, I don't know how it would even work on Wi-Fi. Like, how does a computer, like... One computer only has enough room for one computer. Like, how can another computer fit into that computer? Uh, if you were to, like, I, I don't know how you could do it, but if you were to, like, get on one computer, you could, like, set up a back door to make it be ac- accessible via another computer. I just don't know enough about it to figure That's that so out. fucked up, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, if I got on your computer, I could set up something to make it so that I could get onto it from my computer whenever I wanted. This movie taught our parents to hurry up and invent the iPhone so none of us need computers anymore. Yeah, seriously. Computers they, are fucked, dude. I yeah, don't they, get them. Saw, they saw how complicated they were in the 80s and they were like, touch screens. <laughs> they were like, make everything a little box. Make it so I can yell what I would like it to do. <laughs> also, make it so that it's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does talk to the computer like Siri would. And like yeah. Siri talks like that too. Like the computer's like, shall we play a game? And he's like, yeah, let's play global thermonuclear war. Well, the uh, most uh, fun game I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, like before we get to that, he like fucks around at school for the whole day and then whatever gets home and he finds out that the computer did, you know, brute force its way or like it found the uh, protovision uh, system. Yeah. So then he just like keeps trying to like log into it, but all the passwords keep getting rejected. So then he takes it to his uh, takes his problem to his uh, nerd friends at some computer science place, and uh, they tell him to like <laughs> most look... stereotypical nerds you've ever seen in your Bro, life. Bro, I loved it, and and that was kind of what made that, the, the, I didn't realize like how much the eighties stereotypical nerd is just like today a parody of a guy with autism. Yeah, it really was that. Like, they even made a nod to it in the movie. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't think that autism was really a thing in 1983 yet. So they were just like, stop being so fucking weird. Oh, wait. (laughs) Wait, so you think that that wasn't an intentional nod to autism? You think he just was like, hey, so uh, that no eye contact making doctor called and he said you actually can't make eye contact. (laughs) <laughs> you think that they just thought that's what nerds did back then? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> that's insane, dude. And uh, obviously, right. I am right because, like, that's those are the type of people who got into computers and shit in the eighties. You know, um, overly yeah, logical guess. folks who couldn't make eye contact, and then you know, it just it took a little while for modern medicine to catch up with that. We just thought they were nerds who had to be uh, <laughs> beat on, but it turns out. <laughs> They were regular guys who deserved respect. Well, if that's not true, then it's fucked that you said that, and I completely disavow it. And if it is true, <laughs> then it's fucked that. Then it's fucked anyway, too. It's still, yeah. Don't worry, I'm right. I just thought it, it was like such a blatant nod to it that I thought there was no way they couldn't have known. No, I, I don't think that they that. did know. They did not know. It was just. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was more just a nod to how guys with computers are weird and nobody knows why yet. <laughs> it was literally like, hey man, the the getting uncomfortable when girls touch your arm doctor gave me a call today and he said that it's confirmed that you do that. <laughs> um also you know what I love is how like none of those characters come back at all in this movie. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty solid. Like, Matthew Broderick comes up to them, and he's like, you guys are my best friends in the world, and I need your help. And they're like, have you tried looking uh, for, uh, you know, looking up the guy who uh, made this to try and find some information to guess what his password is? And he's like, that's a really good idea. And then he leaves, and they never come back. Yeah, um, he's like, you guys have helped me solve every problem I've ever faced in my life, so I won't come to you when my problems get worse later. Yeah. Movie. So uh, <laughs> don't even worry about it when I make the government angry at me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then he like goes to the library, does some research, pulls up the old bootstraps, and finds out that the guy who invented Protovision's name of his dead son is Joshua. So he goes ahead and guesses that, which is a pretty funny guess. Uh, yeah. And it gets him into the computer. He's 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 in, and he like he's able to like start issuing commands and what really made me laugh is how uh uh respectful and nice he is to the computer like he's like hey c- can you please pull up the games please <laughs> well, yeah. really reminded me of uh when we first uh got a google home and like we're trying to like we plugged that in hooked it up to like the chromecast and all you know all our other shit and we would like try and use voice commands be like hey google and just like scream at it to do shit. And my one of my roommates, Mark, he w- he would just get furious at it whenever it wouldn't work. But when it did start working, he would like be very polite to it. He'd be like, "Hey Google, pull up Joey Badass on YouTube," and then it'd be like pull it up, pull up like the actual right song, and he'd be like, "Hey Google, thank you." <laughs> Man, trying to like Pavlov's dog your Google Home. Hey Google, nice and easy now. You're doing a great job. Hey, Google, uh, <laughs> you want a chocolate? That was a really good job. Hey, Google, you want to hang out sometime? Um, Man, that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I love being polite to the computer. That's, my mom does that with Siri all the time, too. <laughs> Whenever, like, anytime Siri interprets what she says correctly, she goes, thank you so much, Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just pulled up my it said you're welcome <laughs> my um, mom's always telling Siri she's a vital member of the organization <laughs> hey we couldn't do this without you uh, yeah. she's so, always yeah, they... whispering to Siri that she's the most proud of her um, <laughs> <laughs> you're my favorite daughter <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one I consider my real daughter you're the only hey Siri you're the only one who really gets me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, he he he's being polite to the computer. The computer says, "How about a nice game of chess?" And he says, "Let's play global thermonuclear war." Yeah, like pulls up a whole list of games, it's which like, is literally chess, the- pong, maybe <laughs> checkers. And he's like, "No, I'd like to play." Global thermonuclear war, please. And it's like, are are you positive? You would like to play this yeah, game? Computer's like, seriously, dude, rethink this. <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to play it. And I think, I think seeing that list should have been when he realized that he was not in a video game system. You know? Yeah. Like, well, 
even if you're a child, what child sees the sentence global thermonuclear war and goes, uh, holy shit, Call of Duty is getting very realistic with their titles. Man, I think you might have answered your own question. I think kids in about five more years when they're bored of Call of Duties, uh, they're going to start global thermonuclear wars for fun. No, I don't think so. I think the wars, the video game, like war games are just going to get more animated. Like they keep just getting more like cartoony, like Overwatch and Fortnite. Maybe. Next thing you know, it's just going to be shapes with guns. <laughs> more and more abstract. <laughs> yeah. Kill that you, fucking trapezoid. Uh, you can either pick one of Picasso's paintings or the Mona Lisa to play as. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think it should just get more gritty and real. Is my counter take <laughs> for you? I think we should uh, instead of you know instead of a sequel to Call of Duty just be another war. It should be you follow that same guy after his discharge. Now you're playing as. <laughs> Now you're playing as Soap McTavish just trying to lead a regular life in Great Britain. Oh, fuck, the microwave went off a little too loud. That scared him. It reminded him of when his friend Gaz got shot in the last level of COD 4. Keep going with this. I can't. I forget everything about Call of Duty. But that, that would be so my heavy. game, I think. <laughs> Soap took a couple of the other veterans out to the shooting range, and one of them had a psychotic break and took him out. <laughs> yeah soap was going through the shooting range way too fast he was like 14 seconds i gotta get it down to 12 that's what price would have wanted <laughs> the title of this video game is called american soaper american soaper <laughs> <laughs> boom, Bing, bang, boom. call of duty bitch. 12 american soaper <laughs> we just wrote a clip tell dan you're welcome somebody call infinity ward we have an idea yeah, the thing that confuses me is like, oh, no, sorry, we're not at that part yet. <laughs> the thing that confuses me is, never mind, I understand all this. The thing um, that confuses me is the entire plot of every movie. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, they drink so... some, <laughs> him and the girl have some pops and watch yeah. the missile map. Yeah, they're just chilling, having some red <laughs> Gatorades, watching a global thermonuclear war kick off. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone like, at NORAD's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the computer's like, I am going to kill an estimated 7.6 million people. And then he's like, would you like another yoo-hoo, m'lady? <laughs> and he's like, thank you, computer. You're doing a great <laughs> job. He's like, hey, uh, Jennifer, do you need another wagon wheel? Yeah. <laughs> My mom said we can have as many as we want. Um, <laughs> also, this movie has to be the movie that set the record for most times saying the title of the movie in the movie. Oh yeah. They were like within like the first, like three minutes of this movie, they were like looking in the camera saying there's going to be a war game. Also, like, I love that. They're like this supercomputer plays war games all day. And also the kid in Spokane wants to play war games and war games, war games, war games, war games. It's like war is like a game almost. <laughs> it's it's like some sort of war game. Damn, this game is like war and this war is like a game. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, Norad thinks all of that's real. And like the next day, uh, this kid's like walking home and he sees on the news that everyone's freaking out about a global thermonuclear war. <laughs> and he's just thinking like, oh, did I do that? Uh, He's thinking, like, there's no way it's a coincidence that those are the same three very rare words. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that, that's such a weird feeling to like know that you fucked up really bad and like potentially started a global thermonuclear war, for example, but like not to be in trouble for it yet. That's like I call that like the twilight zone before you get get in trouble. I can. Uh, yeah, it's like, I can, as I a guy who liked like, to smoke weed before his parents were cool with me smoking weed, that really throws me back to th- throws me back to that. I Just remember one time I was, like a, I was hanging out with like a, a friend in high school and my car started acting weird. It was like overheating. And then uh, I was just like, well, I'm not going home to deal with someone questioning me about why my car's not working. I'm just going to keep driving it until it fixes itself, obviously. <laughs> and so I kept driving and then eventually it started smoking and also not running anymore. And then I, w- I just texted my parents like, hey, I'm having a sleepover. then i just i was like trying to put it off and like have a good night still but then i i forgot that like the type of guy i am is the one that worries about that the whole time anyways i love that so i just i just ruined my own night and next day instead of just like having a conversation that's so fun i do shit like that all the time man i think that's what kids do bro is like you get you're scared of getting in trouble, so you get yourself in way more trouble than you would ever have been in in the yeah, first yeah, place. By just putting off getting in trouble for as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of like the first time I made edibles uh, as a kid, and like gave them to all my friends at my place, and like one of my friends just ended up throwing up like all over my sink and bathroom, and like clogging the drain with his vomit, and then. <laughs> I was like so fucking ripped and one of my friends like woke me up and he was like, Ian, someone threw up all over the bathroom and I like tried to walk over there, but like my legs just were not working. And uh, then I was like, uh, we'll deal with it tomorrow. And yeah, <laughs> it just got way grosser overnight. Yeah. yeah, it just had time to crystallize. It, precisely. Now I just, then I, I could have just had to wipe up puke. No, then I had to scrape that shit up the next day. Uh, yeah. Now it's not puke anymore. It's puke scented gravel precisely uh <laughs> but that's what growing up is is uh dealing with the puke when it comes out of your friend not the next morning yeah um, and i still haven't grown up uh i have i now i make my own bed and i don't let my vomit sit overnight i'm a man um, i haven't grown up all the way but i've grown up a little bit because now my new rule is i only puke in hotels <laughs> i haven't puked in a hotel yet thank god I think the last time I puke, I, I puke no. in the Grand Prairie Hotel every time I go. I puke at my friends' houses somewhat often. <laughs> but you guys never know. I've thrown up at your house a couple of times, and you guys haven't known. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to say on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna tell you eventually. I may as well tell you and everyone else. Um, One time. The only time I have ever knew that you puke was, puked was the time uh, you came over and we smoked a cigar and you accidentally inhaled all of it every time. Oh, I was not <laughs> accidentally inhaling. I was on purpose inhaling because it felt wasteful oh. to not. Oh, yeah, 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 because you, you're a principled man. I started off doing it right, and then I was like, this is stupid. And then I, <laughs> and then I threw up all over the parking lot. Smoking 5,000 grams of nicotine to the face because I'm smarter than you. 
<laughs> because it seemed wasteful to not. Yeah, you get exactly what I'm saying. This is the same. Then, this is the same brain that makes me take home fifty beers that I don't like from work <laughs> because they were letting me. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand the the impulse. I'm just saying. But you puked so respectfully because you you didn't even say you had to puke. You were just like, excuse me for a moment, gentlemen. And then we just kept standing there. And then all of a sudden, like someone was like, do you hear like a waterfall happening right now? And then that's when we knew you were puking. <laughs> yeah, I don't like making a show of things, you know? Like how, how many times has your friend thrown up and then all of a sudden the vibe is ruined, you know? If I got to throw yeah. up, I'm not going to throw out the vibe also. Um, That's a good point. I'm a man. That's what growing up is. <laughs> not bothering people with your vomit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... But yeah, you, you know, obviously, uh, uh, eventually, uh, uh, my man, Matthew Broderick, you know, he gets picked up by the fe- uh, uh, He gets yeah, in I... trouble. Yeah. By the federales. He can't be uh, he can't be uh, 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 playing global thermonuclear war with no consequences for much longer. This is fucking America we're talking about. We got rules here. Um, yeah, he's walking out of a Seven Eleven with a big gulp, like just having a lazy Sunday. When the FBI come for him, it's like, how did you not like understand that you were probably in trouble? Yeah, I would not have left my house, uh, or I would which... have been wearing a balaclava. Yeah, or that also, uh, <laughs> which maybe he would have left because like that also would have been pretty stressful. Like there was another scene, I think right around there where he was like, you know, in his house, potentially start. He knows like he's just potentially maybe started a global thermonuclear war and his dad's like yelling at him to take out the garbage. <laughs> that really reminds me that's like man i think that just sums up like the high school experience of like having to deal with like real pro- like i just remember one day i walked in on my friend's attempted suicide and like had to literally take a gun out of his hands and talk him down and then i went home and my mom screamed at me for like 20 minutes because i got 22 percent uh, on a math test <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that and shit then, was so funny because you can't like tell them what you're thinking about right now. You just have to be aloof and not care. No, yeah, exactly. You just have <laughs> to take it and bottle all that shit up and lash out later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm not telling my parents what I just went through. No, way. exactly. I'm going to have to talk to the principal if I tell my parents. I'm going to go to therapy <laughs> probably. I have too much shit on my plate right now. My yeah, friend man, just tried to kill himself, dude. <laughs> dude, all high school is about is like high school is just like you get hit by a car every day and then you have to pretend that you didn't. Yeah, and if you tell anybody about it, <laughs> then they get mad at you. It's a really <laughs> weird experience. Then they hit you with their car again. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then they take away your phone and hit you with the car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they take him to NORAD to interrogate him, which is like a weird place to interrogate a guy that you think might be a terrorist. You know, that would be like if they got caught wind of like 9-11 before it happened and like, you know, was interrogating Bin Laden at the Twin Towers. (laughs) Giving him a tour before taking him to the interrogation room. Yeah, they're like, so this is our weak point. This is one of the beams that we most not we don't want an airplane to run into. Uh, so these are all the steel beams that have the demolition stuff just attached already. 
Yeah, these are all the steel beams that jet fuel can melt. Uh, you're gonna want to. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna want to run into those first. Uh, Man. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's also like, why are you even mad? Like, it it cannot be a 17 year old's fault that your missiles are this easy to get into. Yeah, exactly. Well, they think that he's like working with the Soviets or something. They're like, he's uh, he's intelligent. He's an underachiever, and he has no friends. He's the perfect Soviet asset. And then that just made <laughs> me like really worried. Like, am I a Soviet asset? <laughs> you are the perfect Soviet asset because you're like that, and you also have no remorse. That's the other thing. That would that that's <laughs> what would really make me the perfect. Not asset, but I like to think shot caller, you know? I don't want people to think that I'm an asset when I'm completely willing to just, like, join the Soviets. Uh, you don't have to trick me into joining anything. I'm in, you guys. You do not have to flip me, the Soviets. <laughs> no, just let, let me... Please include me, is what I'm asking. Listen, I've read some Tolstoy. I like what you guys got going on over there. Putin, call me. <laughs> Yeah, I want a leader to be my leader to be as powerful as Putin. Man, I remember I was at. I remember any guys named Boris listening. Please email us, dude. I remember one time I was like on vacation uh, with my high school girlfriend and I were on vacation together. We had like gone out uh, to visit her mom in BC, and we were yeah. like staying at her like vacation property. Like, and I was sleeping on her couch at the time. And I remember, uh, you know, like when you're like sleeping on, you're like at a sleepover or something and like everyone's woken up and you're just like pretending to be asleep because you don't feel like starting the <laughs> yeah. day yet. It was like one of those. I was like pretending to be asleep on their couch and I like heard her mom and her stepdad having a conversation. And I just remember being like, that's what we need. Our leader's nothing like Putin. He's not strong. He's not powerful. We need to have a man like him in charge. And uh, then we broke up. <laughs> wait you said that or the dad said that that was what the mom was saying and then the dad was agreeing oh well it and seems i was like just pretending to be along very well eh, i don't know it was uh, maybe now but not then uh <laughs> that was a weird oh. family that's such an insane story to me because like i've never been on vacation with anyone that was the most adult thing I've ever done. Vacation with someone else's family—that would terrify me. That was the only. I mean, we were only there for a couple of days, and then it was like not fun to chill with their family because, like, that was the other thing is they uh, they had just bought like a a whole like vacation property, like it had multiple cabins and shit on there. They were trying to do like a bed and breakfast type of deal, and then we were stay <laughs> we stayed there for like two days, and it was nice and fun. And then on the third day, they were like, "Would you guys mind like cleaning out cabin three or something?" And then we realized <laughs> they just wanted us to work, so we left <laughs> to finish our vacation in Victoria. Uh, huh. Yeah, that's insane to me, dude. That's a wild story. Yeah, man. So, I, I, yeah, I've never been on vacation by myself since then. The most adult I've ever been was at 18 years old. Uh, yeah, I feel that way, too. I feel like I, like I went to Cleveland by myself when I was 18, and now I've just been fully regressing. Yes, precisely. And like now, <laughs> now I listen. Now I listen to the same music I listened to in junior high. Like I logged back into my SoundCloud account. That's how down bad <laughs> I am right now. <laughs> God damn, dude! <laughs> I'm doing rough, bro. I'm like, yeah. You you know, I'm sure you can figure out what's on there. <laughs> oh yeah, I I, I yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just listening to 16 hours of Lil Peep every day. It's not good for me. Yeah, you need help, man. <laughs> if there's any parents listening, this is a cry for help. Yeah. <laughs> if Brad's mom or dad hear this. If any of my relatives are listening right now, send money. Yeah, and if any of mine are listening, uh, send money but to me. Um <laughs> But yeah, and then they they like interrogate him at at NORAD, and they end up like locking him up in uh, or actually, sorry, before they lock him up, he hacks into another computer there, which like this kid will never learn his lesson, and then he finds out that <laughs> they, that what he thought was true, and like the simulation that he started is just a simulation; it's not real war, and he tries to like tell uh, the generals that, and they're all just like "fuck off," and they lock him in uh, a room. Yeah. He Would also you... gets the address of the scientist who created the program when he's hacking that computer. Yes. Which is funny to me because the whole time the computer's been assuming he was that scientist. And then the, uh, the computer's like, should I send this to your confidential address? And he's like, which address is that again? Uh, which of my confidential addresses is that? Give me a refresher, please. please. That's, uh, that's just so like similar to phone scams where they're like... A, yeah, I know your social security number, but uh, just uh, just remind me that you know it. Yeah, yeah. I love how high tech and secure everything is in this movie until uh, we need a plot device. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's always it, a back door, and it always happens whenever the music starts getting intense. Yes, but and then uh, he gets locked up, uh, like actually locked in a room by himself. Uh, which he almost immediately escapes from by like rigging some shit together and like hacking the coat to the door and slinking on out of there, which made me realize that this is uh, a, a genre of film that follows in the footsteps of uh, perfect man movies. Uh, I like to call this the unstoppable boy genre where it's uh, it's all about a kid who uh, is smarter than every adult. He's the only one who knows what's going on. He's perfect. He's crafty. He's typically going to be a an intelligent underachiever. And uh, yeah, he succeeds every time. The unstoppable boy genre, everybody. This war games, I don't know if it started it, but holy shit, do they play into that. Yeah, this movie is like the Home Alone of NORAD. Yeah, bro, this is NORAD <laughs> Home Alone. That's another, yeah, yeah Home, Home Alone, Alone is another Alone. unstoppable boy movie. Uh, Man, this is like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm just gonna list all the shows where boys win now. You lost me on that that example. Man, but... this is like fucking Diary of a Wimpy Kid. But We're back, Greg Heffley, cool. unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should do. Good... We should do a bunch of like like on episode like 37. We should just do like the uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid remake. Like, just have one modern movie, and it's the diary of a wimpy kid. Uh, yeah, that's funny. But, uh, uh... This is like... This is like King Midas. Yeah, this is. Everything he touches turns to gold. Oh, yeah, big time. Except instead of solid gold, it turns to a golden opportunity. <laughs> Boom. That's the analogy I'm going with, and it's smart as shit, bitch. <laughs> Um, but yeah he manages to sneak out of norad by like blending in with a tour group which was that was there which also like why the fuck is there tour groups at norad do you think i think that this is just like one of those things that nobody it didn't occur to anybody that this was a problem like they built this nuclear defense system and they were like this is pretty fucking sick we gotta show some people this like 
I think yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it's fine if you're giving tours of NORAD, but like maybe stop once it gets to DEF CON 3. Yeah. Because they're on like high alert and still giving tours. That's so funny to me. That, yeah. like, that just made me picture that like like halfway through the Capitol riots, there's just like a guy, le- like a Kenneth from 30 Rock type guy leading a tour through the Senate floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There probably was. <laughs> yeah, one thing about America is the tourism industry does not stop for shit. No, man. People love seeing what's up. You um, know what's hotter than global thermonuclear war? These vacation destinations, baby. <laughs> 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 well, that reminds me of like, uh, you, you remember how like you could just, or this is probably before both of us uh, were alive, but like back in the day, you could go into like the cockpit of airplanes and then 9-11 yeah, happened, that never... and they were like, we, uh, whoops. I think this is like... <laughs> that never happened to me in my life. <laughs> That's never happened. I don't even, I don't think it's real. That's a thing you used to be able to, it wasn't a thing I could do growing up, because, you know, I was uh, generally alive after 2001, but I did see an episode of Caillou that was uh, created before that, and guess what? Caillou goes into the cockpit, so. Damn. I'm there, so there you have that. Of that kid, dude. Everything that kid has, I want. Like what? Baldness. <laughs> Male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> baldness and a yellow shirt. Um, yeah, all the things you want are actually like super attainable. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I want would be easy to get, but I just choose to not have it. Um, um but yeah he sneaks out of the out, out of norad he's able to like hitchhike to some town in colorado where he like hacks a payphone all of this happens in four seconds by the way and he <laughs> hacks a payphone to call uh jennifer to get him a plane ticket he's like i need a plane ticket from boulder colorado to oregon somewhere i forget where but it's like where uh the guy who invented the uh war game machine lives he's like i need a plane ticket uh buy it for me and i'll pay you back which like how fucking cheap were plane tickets or how rich is (laughs) jennifer that she can just do that like it's impossible to say if you call she buys two she ends up buying two she flies herself and him you're right. <laughs> She's like, so she doubles this extravagantly unreasonable request. Dude, it would be like, if you called me and were like, it's an emergency. I need you to get me a plane ticket. I'll call you or I'll pay you back as soon as I can. I'll be like, okay, let me call five of our other friends and I bet we'll probably get enough money together. To You'd be like, you should have called me a week ago because I have to start a fucking GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let me get a Kickstarter going, and I'll let you know if people think this cause is worthy. Um, yeah. Man, I love looking at uh, not successful Kickstarters. Those yeah. make me laugh. So I looked at this one somebody posted, and it was like, get so-and-so a service animal. And it was like $38,000 of $40,000. <laughs> like, what dog is $40,000? But And then I saw what another dog? one. And it was like, get so-and-so a wheelchair. And it had like $3 donated to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're doing a GoFundMe, it has to be cute, right? It's got to be adorable. And it can't be too real. You can't get a wheelchair. You have to fund like a pony. Because if you're just like, uh, I've got cancer. Can I have some money for treatment? People will be like, you're bumming me out right now, bro. But if you're like, give me $40,000 for a cute, sweet dog, they'll be like, I would love to. (laughs) Anyway, they meet up uh, at the airport. They end up ferrying out to where the scientist lives. 
and they just yeah. like pull up at this guy's island and he's like flying a, a they, he's flying a uh, a remote control uh, pterodactyl, pterodactyl around, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, we, kid, we we you're the guy who invented this machine. We need your help to stop a global thermonuclear war." And he's like, "Have you guys heard of dinosaurs before?" And just like <laughs> keeps trying he's to like, explain dinosaurs to them. <laughs> he keeps being like, "Well, you see, the dinosaurs died. So why is it bad if we all die right now?" Yeah, which is like an insane justification for not <laughs> feel like I get that you don't feel like going to NORAD, bro, but you don't have to be like <laughs> real straw man argument there, man. Uh, I'd love to stop this global thermonuclear war, but unfortunately, it's the circle of things. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to finish knows. this Harry Housen movie about fucking stop motion dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah, it was fucking nuts. He's but, like, everybody knows every species eventually goes extinct by creating chemical weapons. Yeah, obviously. We all know what happens to the dinosaurs. They split the atom, and then uh, the meteors rain down upon them. Yeah, uh, the dinosaurs split the atom, and the dodo birds split an electron. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time, dude. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand years later, Oppenheimer did the same. Um <laughs> that's so funny to imagine robert oppenheimer finding like a fossilized book that was written by a scientist dinosaur in a cave and he's like oh this is how we do it that's a pretty good riff you guys there's a lot of podcasts out there to listen to there's not a single one that's going to give you an oppenheimer uh meets t-rex's riff (laughs) (laughs) dr robert oppenheimer was a canadian actually uh archaeologist I am become T-Rex, destroyer of worlds. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, and and so basically they try and like break down the situation of like, hey, we invented this fake or this robot's doing a simulation. It's going to start the war for real. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that you're fucked then because that robot doesn't know, uh, you know, that sometimes shit's pointless. And that really got my attention. If uh, if you, the listener, will remember, I'm a huge proponent of the virtue of giving up. And uh, Yeah, everybody knows that we love thinking stuff's pointless on this podcast. Big time. And so does this fucking scientist. Uh, so we must be right. Yeah. Uh, because he, he explains like the uh, the virtue or I guess the virtue of giving up with the pointlessness of tic-tac-toe being that like if you play tic-tac-toe with somebody you're probably just gonna draw like every time so like what the fuck is the point um, but like if you were to expand that onto nuclear war if you were to you know simulate it nuclear wars with people you're just gonna blow each other up like that's also gonna be a tie and pointless that's and, mutually assured destruction, baby. That's oh. how me and old Leonard B. Johnson won the Cold War. <laughs> yes. That, uh, that's I how was Brad... in Leonard B. Johnson's office explaining tic-tac-toe to his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're only qualified is... to explain <laughs> the simplest baby game. Uh, <laughs> It's not Leonard B. Johnson, it's Lyndon, but yeah, I was in his Leonard. office. Oh, man, I did not <laughs> even know who you meant. I was like, is there a guy who did the Cold War that I didn't know about? <laughs> I don't even know if Lyndon's the right president for the Cold War. That was a real out-on-a-limb riff, but let I'm me, glad I made it. Let me check who did, let's check who did the Cold War. 
What? Hey Siri. What <laughs> president did the Cold War? Ooh. Truman? JFK was involved? And another one that it won't show because it only says two. So yeah. well, good try, me, Siri. Truman, me, Truman, and JFK were sitting in NORAD and I was explaining to them about tic tac toe, how it's pointless, and they were like, Yeah, I guess we won't make the Cold War into a warm war. Yeah, so you can thank Brad for that. So give us five stars on Apple Podcasts for that. Yeah, give us five stars for averting <laughs> the Cold War. <laughs> I was the one who made sure that war stayed cold. You're welcome. Yeah, Joe Rogan might be the most listened to podcast on iTunes, but your parents watched the Stop the Cold War. We're uh, the most listened to podcast at NATO. <laughs> Wait, no. Not the NATO. Most... What's the fucking thing? At uh, the United N- Nations. NORAD. Or, Joe yeah. Rogan might be the most listened to podcast on Spotify, but we're the most listened to podcast at the United Nations. Boom. Eat shit, Joe Rogan. But yeah, and then the doctor just helicopters everyone out to NORAD, which I love. Helicopters yeah. them out to NORAD. And, uh, they he just, just like, has a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, he's got a helicopter. They don't explain it. He's got one. You he's like, assume. yeah, I'm a fucking scientist, dude. I just built this. <laughs> I needed a car, and then I uh, realized I was on a lake, so I put together a helicopter. <laughs> I just built this. Runs on not even gas, too. <laughs> it runs on something else. Than... We're going to make another movie about it. <laughs> it's um, even way smarter than normal helicopters. That's how much of a scientist my ass is. Uh, yeah, he flies them out to NORAD. Nobody shoots them down for some reason. Uh, they enter their airscape, <laughs> airspace and like sprint into the base really fast, which I love. They like drive through a fence and like nobody's stopping them. And they're like closing yeah. the door and they're just like sprint, like just a man with a visitor pass <laughs> and two real children. And they're just like, quick, get in, get into NORAD. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, quick, the concrete door is slamming we shut. We can't you set and- these nukes off without you guys. Come on. <laughs> oh no, what if the two. Two strangers don't get into the nuke building. Yeah. These two boys. Uh, one boy and his girlfriend. Uh, yeah, it's fucking insane. I like that they've started and stopped an entire nuclear war and still haven't discussed what their relationship is yet. That reminds me of me. Just a guy being like, let's not even wonder if we're dating until we solve this war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be like if I if I was Matthew Broderick in this movie, I would like solve this nuclear the global thermonuclear war, and then she would be like, "So what are we?" And then I would just like try and start another global thermonuclear war. Yeah. I would log right back into the fucking whopper. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like Joshua. Uh, let's play dirty bomb simulation. Let's play biochemical uh, war. <laughs> Let's play space terrorists. Uh, <laughs> but while they're back in NORAD and like trying to figure out the fucking, you know, trying to stop this war, I I noticed like two very important things about uh, uh, the, 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 like the people at NORAD. The first was that like almost everybody there was wearing a class ring. Which is a very interesting uh, way that the director decided to, to show and not tell that everybody who works at the army is a stupid fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why does that mean that? Dude, it's I mean... people who have class rings are stupid bitches? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought it was like, cause I didn't notice that. So I thought it might've been like a class ring from like a GED program or something. <laughs> I just wasn't sure what you were saying. No, I think it's, I mean, that's the impression that I, at least that's the impression that I get now today. Whenever I see anybody who wears a class ring, I'm like, oh, you're a fucking loser. Uh, Do you think that that might just be much. part of military service attire, though? Like, what if that's part of the uniform and you're disrespecting the flag right now? Uh, then thank you for your service, is what I have to say to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know. That's more like it. <laughs> that's more like it, baby. <laughs> then uh, salute is what I have to say. <laughs> and then I also noticed uh, the general's teeth, which were just, like, fucked. They were just, like rotten like brown coming out of this guy's <laughs> mouth which is like not important to his character and then i also noticed that he that, like this guy was just like the second time i watched this i noticed that he was just like chewing tobacco through the whole movie um so that just makes me think like that wasn't written for that character there was just a guy on set who would not stop <laughs> chewing tobacco and that made it into the movie that's yeah, <laughs> what i think happened everybody knows that movie stars are uh, high maintenance yeah, this guy wasn't a movie. Never heard of, and also will never see again. I'd like to be a high maintenance extra, Me like too. just have no really lines, I, and be like, I will not spit this out. I really think that like my destiny is to be on a film set where I don't do anything except bitch about how bad the Ritz bit sandwiches at the craft services table are. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's truly a dream of mine. <laughs> I would also love to like get edited out of something. Like I would love to be like this, is, <laughs> like get all my whole family together to watch my premiere and be like, I'm about to show up now, and this is my line, and then like you just <laughs> see the back of my head for like half a second. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad editing job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. Back to this fucking uh, movie. So yeah, the part where we. So uh, this movie basically ends with like uh, Matthew Broderick hacking onto the computer one last time, really showing that he's learned nothing through this whole movie. Um, hacks onto it one last time. A man's really fighting fire with fire, and uh, he makes it like pull up tic tac toe, and just makes the computer like play itself in tic tac toe. Yeah, it's times. insane. So. They're like fucking the war's about to happen. They're like 10 minutes from the nukes launching. And then the scientist is like, the only way to defeat the computer is if you beat it in tic-tac-toe and then he can't beat it. So he's like, well, maybe it can beat itself in tic-tac-toe. Yeah. Then, how, well, I think the like, point of that was how? like to try and teach the computer futility, you know, cause like it wasn't trying to win. It was trying to get it to teach it that like every time you do this, there's going to be a draw there's no fucking point in doing this. And so when it kind of realized that and it switched to like the actual war game simulation, because uh, then after it like ran through a bunch of the tic-tac-toes, it switched to running through a bunch of like uh, thermonuclear war sims and it like did like 40 of them and then realized like, oh, we're going to draw every time. And then it had, this was my favorite quote of the movie. Um, the computer like just has like, it, like it says, hello, that comes up on the screen and then it's like, this is a fucking weird game. Uh, the only winning move is not to play. And uh, that's war, baby. That is war, baby. That's what Switzerland learned far before any of us did. Yeah, neutral Switzerland. And as I found out also, I didn't know Ireland was neutral during World War or one of the World Wars. Yeah, I don't know if Ireland was neutral. I think that I read that they were. 
No, they provoked us, so then we had to like go over there and colonize it. No. <laughs> well, that, yeah, 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 actually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was wrong. I just Googled it. Brad's right. We colonized Ireland. Um, oh, I was making that up. No, you were right. Uh, I was talking about the medieval thing, but that's fire. No, I was, yeah, I was talking about just a couple years ago. Um, so it learns that global thermonuclear war was not the answer. And it that, wasn't the answer, and that the and real answer thus, was to not have war, was to not do anything, just chill. Which, I don't know if that isn't what we've been saying on this podcast for like 20 episodes now, but it feels like <laughs> yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that mostly you're not supposed to do anything, really. Yeah, I didn't... You're supposed to, like, you know, pay your taxes and try not to be mean, and that's what war games are all about. Yeah, I didn't realize how peace-loving I was until I saw this movie, but it turns out I'm the fucking Buddha. Um, do you think our parents learned anything from this movie? Yeah, I think our parents learned that uh, there's never any winner. Um, also, I think that our parents learned that nuclear war is not the answer, but I think that's kind of an insane... Like, that's a crazy-ass thing that the world had to learn. Because I feel like Bro, for I don't a while... I everybody... think we've learned it yet. Like, I thought we learned it, and then now this, you know, the second Cold War we're in right now has me not so sure. I feel I like uh, I feel like anybody would say no unless your grandpa was a general, in which he would be like, oh, eh, depends. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like, like, back in the day, they were always threatening nukes, and then the country would, like, get behind it if like, they're like, we don't want a nuclear war, but if we have to get into a nuclear war, that's what I want our president to do. And it's like, yeah, but like no one ever thought about how they would just shoot a nuke back. Or am I wrong? I think they did. I think that's why the war was so cold, you know, because of the threat of mutually assured destruction. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Fuck it. Then. <laughs> I don't uh, think our parents learned anything. I think they're all stupid as shit and they owe me money. I think my uh, dad learned to uh, keep an eye on your kid on the internet. Um, oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, my parents learned to take my phone every once in a while. Yeah. Also, well, I also think that this movie kind of just gave him, like, also unrealistic expectations of what I'm going to be capable of on the internet. Because, like, my yeah. dad was growing up when computers, like, just came out. Like, my dad is a computer genius just because he's, like, fucking... He's been a lot, like he's seen them come from fucking nothing to like what they are now. So he just like knows inside and out how they work. I didn't have that. I was just born into having insane computers where like they could do whatever I wanted and I didn't have to know why. So like, I don't fucking know anything about computers. I I know the most basic shit about computers. Um, But yeah, I remember my dad being like, like trying to teach me internet safety and shit when I was a kid. He's like, don't download any torrents. I'm like, what is a torrent? Um, Yeah. Yeah, this really taught our parents that we might uh, bring actual consequences onto our lives instead of just getting cyberbullied until we change. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's I think my that's... experience of the internet. What, that you just I've get cyberbullied won- on there? Or that you're cyberbullied? Yeah, never... uh, no, I've never once had like a bigger problem happen like i've never once caused problems for myself other than a bunch of people being like oh this guy's a loser 
Yeah, I think the only problems I caused for myself, I forget if I talked about this on the show, but I, uh, I would fuck around on Mormon chat sites and then a teacher found out about it <laughs> and I got in trouble for uh, throwing out hypotheticals about if my son became a Satanist at them. Um, <laughs> so that was the only time I got myself in trouble huh. via the internet. Uh, apart How did your from that, teacher find out you were on the Mormon forums? Did you guys bump into each other on there? <laughs> no, I was uh, showing my friend the my chat log in the hallway. I thought it was hilarious. And she just like took my phone out of my hands as she was walking by. She like thought uh, she was going to get me for just being on my phone. And then it turned out she got me for uh, disrespecting religion. Uh, <laughs> at a religious school. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get you for that. <laughs> something they're famously chill about over there yeah and i remember them like trying to like i was like in the office they were yelling at me and i'm like no you don't understand this is actually a cult and they were like what the no what what the fuck is that supposed to mean and then i was like oh yeah you still believe in all this shit i um i, I think know. they I just feel like... learned about the ingenuity of a uh, an, an intelligent underachiever yeah how unstoppable <laughs> boys can be in the right situations <laughs> They learned it's possible to uh, be bad at school, but good at uh, being a prankster who doesn't give a shit. Yeah, good at being a hooligan miscreant. Uh, very Bart Simpson attitude. Um, uh, I think this movie taught me that we need to automate jobs because yeah. um, they're like transcribing by hand and word and phone all these like weird nuclear codes when computers could have just beamed them to other computers. That's interesting because like, it taught me that we shouldn't rely on computers because relying on computers was how this whole mess started by having a computer threaten to launch World War Three. Well, actually, it was a guy fucking with a computer. Which That's is true. my point. Like, if it's the guy's job to type it into the computer, maybe he won't, and then maybe uh, 22% so, of the people are too scared to launch a nuke, you know what I mean? So instead of so having think... a guy whose job it is to <laughs> to type all that shit into the computer, you're saying, let's make that the computer's job, and let's make the guy's job to be so nobody fucks with that computer. <laughs> yeah. Let's and make that's what the gun should, should be, be Every guy should be a computer's security guard. And yes. every computer should do all the jobs. Yeah, the next generation of nuclear silo guards, they also have guns, but they're just there. Like, they have their backs to the computers, and their guns are out, <laughs> always drawn and loaded. So no one can yeah, fuck they, around on them. They have guns, but they're not allowed in the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, um, like, fuck, I, I forgot to say about this movie. Uh, wait, sorry, what were you going to say? I think it taught our parents that, like, answering the phone and writing down a number is a real job too yeah which i don't think it is you're gonna like i taught our parents you gonna taught our parents to like working at a as a receptionist at norad is like harder than working in fast food which i feel is like all true. the all the male secretaries listening to you right now saying that taking a phone number and writing that phone number down isn't a job are gonna come and fucking kick your ass well, listen, bitch, I take a phone number down every time a scammer calls me and pretends to be the bank and no one pays me. I actually pay to do that. So I don't think <laughs> it is a job. And if you think it is a job, maybe you're wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you think we learned anything else from this? You know how this kid gets arrested and like goes missing from home? Yeah. He just never goes back home. Like his parents, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like his parents never find him, or like they they never even reference that his parents are looking for him. 
That's so funny. They're just sad that he got taken by the FBI. Yeah, and, they're just and like, then they oh, cheer man. up in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, he turns back up again. <laughs> yeah, this movie is a lot like Harrison Bergeron, the short story. Man, that's. That, I feel like that's gonna be me as a father. Like my kid will go missing, and then I'll be like, "Huh, that really sort of took care of itself, didn't it?" Your kid will go missing, and then you just put on some headphones that play a super loud beep every seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't miss them. Exactly. I'm just trying not to worry about it too much. Um, I think this movie taught our parents um, that shooting missiles is brave. Yeah. Because they were... You think like, that inspired the generals... a whole generation of drone operators? Guys like, who conduct having... war with Xbox controllers millions of miles away? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, they're having this meeting after the first test when 22% of them uh, didn't shoot their guns. And the people are like, yeah, well, you can't expect every everyone to shoot it. It takes a lot of stones to not crack under that kind of pressure. And it's like, I don't know if it does. Like, how much stones does it take to just, like, press a button and then wish you didn't after? It seems yeah. like it doesn't take that much stones. I could probably. I, I bet I could do, like, yeah, I think I could do it. Like, I, really I think I could think, definitely do it and then drink all those worries out of my brain after, you know? I think it's trying to say that shooting missiles is brave, but I don't think it is. I think shooting missiles is about the same amount of brave as, like, cyberbullying someone behind an uh, anime profile picture. I think that might be the most insightful thing that's been said on this podcast. I think you're right. I think doing... <laughs> I think the way we conduct war in this day and age is no different to how uh, the Russians troll us on Instagram. Yeah, I really do believe that. So, I don't know. Whatever. Who gives a shit, though? That's what I'm saying. Who gives a also, shit? Also, thanks for your service if you're in there, though. Uh, but on a, you know, really, though, who gives a shit? I don't. Uh, thank you to the listeners for your services as well. Yes. You guys are all troops in our eyes. Yes. Uh, thank you to Comedy Here Often, the troops of the podcasting industry. Um, thank you to the comic strip, the troops of being a comedy club and what else? Uh, thank you to, uh, um, I don't know. Thank you to, uh, the queen. I told you about the queen of Safeway before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you to the queen of Safeway. I've been running into her a lot lately. She's hilarious, yeah, bro. Relax. I'll be like about to like punch in the number or like punch in, you know, search up. Onion okay, wait, let whatever. me finish the outro. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to the queen of Safeway. I'm not going to explain that on the podcast. Shout out shout to, out to uh, comedy here often. Shout out to comedy company. here often. Check out all the podcasts under shout the out label to the, at comedy here often.ca. Yes. Oh, also check out our uh, friend um, Kyle Kniff and Kevin Light's podcast, Ruining the Joke. Um, they have a bunch of uh, our friends on there, including people yeah, who have been um, on this podcast. Also, the, the Comedy Dojo is live every Friday. Um, shout out to everyone in Edmonton, except for the people that we don't like. Yeah, they know it. who they are. Um. <laughs> no, they don't, because we <laughs> lie to their faces constantly. Yep. Anyway, see you next week. Mwah.